he wants to talk to me, and he's real serious, and I done told you I love him, and I would like to know what is on your mind, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm fine, Jerry. Well, I'll tell you what is on my mind. You have hurt me bad, deeply. I'm shocked. Well, did you get on this show? This Jim Ed Brown show here thing, Nashville Traveling, whatever you call it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And set out here with some funny-looking whale or seal, something that flops his things like that, and, and say, you remind me of one of my dear friends, Jerry Reed, huh? Yeah, but I just joking. I didn't mean no harm. I didn't know you'd take another, it personal. Now, on another occasion, did you do a show, syndicated fishing show, with a friend of ours, mutual friend named Bill Dance? You remember that? Yes, I don't know. Hush. Were you in Nashville, Tennessee, fishing for rockfish? Hmm? Yeah. And did you catch a fish and look at the camera and say, Eat your heart out, Jerry Reed. Did you say that? Yeah, but Jerry's a great... Inferring that you're a better fisherman than me? Did yeah, you but do I, that? I didn't know you'd take it personal. And when I was in Jackson, Mississippi, one morning, uh, one evening, did I call you and say, Jerry, I want to go fishing? You said, all right. You come got me at 6 the next morning, didn't you? Mr. A.B. Ferris. Right, Mr. A.B. Ferris. And we went out to Ross Barnett Reservoir, didn't we? Yeah, I went with you, Jerry. The two Jerry's, right? Yeah, I was with you. And we was fishing, weren't we? Right. And I fished till 6 o'clock, didn't I? Yeah. And what time did you leave? I had to go see my doctor about my diverticulitis. I right. didn't fish but till noon. You you left at noon. Right. And you tell everybody better you're a better fisherman than me. I stayed till six o'clock. So what'd you catch? What I catch? Yeah. Well, we didn't catch nothing. Well, you fished all day and didn't catch nothing, and I fished till noon and didn't catch nothing. That makes me twice as good a fisherman as you. <laughs> Okay. All right. Hey, we're back with another episode of Bigfoot Revival. Joining me, I am your host, the Sasquatch. And joining me, as normal, is the man, the myth, the beast. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) That little pink mug that they sell at the farmer's market. Oh, come on. (laughs) The Yeti. Making coolers great again. (laughs) We have uh, some special guests with us. Today, if you've ever listened to the podcast Cultish, we have the two hosts of Cultish, Jerry and Andrew. How you doing, guys? Doing good, man. It's uh, good to be here with you guys. I'm glad we can make this happen. Yeah, yeah, we're super excited. We're yeah, this has excited. been this has been a long super time excited. in the making. So, oh, uh, yeah. now Jerry, I wanted to to point this out to you. Have you ever heard of a guy named Jerry Clower? There's been a lot of Jerry's uh, I, I, I'm familiar with. Uh, and they come, they're a dime a dozen. Not that Jerry. So, so being from the South, uh, there was this old comedian. Uh, he's probably been dead since the 90s. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, he, was, old, he, he was an old man when I was a little kid. But um, he would tell these stories about going coon hunting. And these guys that went with him, and they would say, Jerry, <laughs> so uh-huh. so there's times we're listening, and I know it's probably not funny to you, but <laughs> there's times we'll, we'll be listening to cultish, and I, and uh, somebody will say your name, and they'll say Jerry, and I, and every time one of us will go Jerry, Jerry. So <laughs> the, the guy, the, our, our our people from the south will, will recognize that and appreciate it anyway. I think <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you got, you got Jerry Seinfeld, you got Jerry Cantrell, you got, there's a lot of good Jerry's out there. Yeah, yeah. And the one I mentioned is Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. 
Jerry. I love it. I love it. Andrew, I, I don't know any funny stuff for your name. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. All right. So, so y'all have a a podcast that is that's centered around cults. Um, your your was it your first podcast that, if I remember correctly, that um was on Jim Jones. And and so back you've kind of worked back in October of 2018. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Okay, wow. And so you kind of you, you started with Jim Jones, which, which is kind of the cult. When we think of cults, that that's really who we think of is Jim mm-hmm. Jones a lot of times. And you've moved on. I, I um I remember an episode where um you were talking about um uh, uh Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the cultish uh uh. uh uh, following and, and what he had over the the, the girls and uh, I, you have to forgive me I'm, I can't remember the guy's name that was uh, with them when they did the murders but the the cultish following they had for him um, and then recently you've done something on the Moody's uh, and and um, I'm trying to think of well that's pretty that la- you've, you've been on the Moody's the last little bit right yeah yeah you're right so, yeah. And, and and I've I have honestly just been a huge fan of the show. Um, really enjoy it. Uh, just the whole the diving into the the worldviews that create these cults and everything, and the way y'all go about it. I I've really found it edifying and and useful. Uh, and, and to a to to a certain extent, even into just my day to day when I'm interacting with other people. So I just kind of wanted oh, to thank y'all and. And, and that kind of uh, thank you for for putting this out because it's I think it's something needed. Yeah, it's been good stuff. Awesome, Praise God! Oh, glory to God! Amen. Yeah, I mean, we, so, that was like that was one of the cool things. Um, just being a fight lap piece, you know. We got to there's a lot of people. I went, Andrew. I wish you could have come along. You have to come for the next one. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just a blessing to have people come up to me and see faces to the people who listen in on a weekly basis and a lot of them got to kind of talk about how the shows informed them, entertained them, enlightened them, uh, edified them. Um, and I think it's, I think it's cool. I, I think we're in a very interesting niche. A lot of, a lot of podcasts that are out there are good. And they, you know, they have the aspect, they're focusing on certain aspects of theological content, whether it's something more in regards to, you know, being a Christian homemaker or just in regards to covenant theology or kind of these little niche areas, mm-hmm. or even sometimes you deal with apologetics. You know, you're kind of dealing with how to defend your faith, but I think kind of dealing in a realm of just the weird cult fringe of paranormal stuff, it's kind of a broad spectrum. And, you know, we get a broad variety of people who listen in, people who aren't even Christians. You know, we have people who are atheists and agnostic they almost some of them like to come in just because while we're not christians it's almost kind of like if a current political event happens right Mm. and there's going that you want you got to go and get ben shapiro's take and you know you're going to kind of get the regular neoconservative view versus some versus if you went to the daily show right um and then so in the same way i think a lot of people if they look up cultists they've heard us before and all of a sudden we're going to do a series on Charles Manson, they know they're going to get a Christian, a biblical perspective, at least to the best of our ability. So I think it's been really cool to kind of see it grow and 
and really to kind of see the how the audience has evolved uh, organically in many ways. Yeah, yeah, and there again, I mean, just just having the information out there. Yeah. I, I mean, coming from the Christian worldview, um, I remember watching a documentary on Jim Jones and and um, the 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 People's Temple and everything, and they were they were talking about the religious aspect of him and i and i and they they let just enough truth they were hiding their bias just just well enough for me to go this dude was more of a socialist than he was even a a religious guy like like in the sense of uh uh some kind of um what what you would normally think of a religion you know what i mean he was really really yeah. focused on socialism and and when y'all brought that up at some point and I remember thinking, yes, yes, I remember seeing that. That's exactly what it was. And and, and but because the, the your average your average person who's going to make a documentary on on Jim Jones is probably not going to be uh, Christian nor conservative. You know what I mean? So they're going to make a uh, um, they're going to try to hide the parts that that look more like themselves. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he uh, she usher in divine economic socialism and when you look at most modern uh documentaries on things like jim jones secular uh specifically they don't necessarily uh focus in on the true distinctions between what christianity is and what it is not so what they'll typically do is lean towards the assumption that they'll, they'll lump them in to a christian group right in in a sense to almost give christianity a bad name but i mean i think that's due to their uh, presupposition, mm -hmm. yep. really. And like what our goal is to do is there's a vacuum that needs to be filled in the cult world, in the fringe topics that are going on in society today, that needs to be filled with the Christian worldview. Amen. Right? So that's, that's our aim, is to actually expose what's really going on in a spiritual aspect, and the fact that Christ is king over every aspect and sphere of life, so that we can go ahead and just you know, speak the truth in that area. And I think people are really uh, digging that. So it's, uh, it's been a blessing by the Lord for sure. Yeah, because that area is something that's just, that's fascinating to people through all cult, uh, walks of life. You know, whether you're a Christian or, or a non-believer, that's just something that's always kind of captivated minds of people is the paranormal and cults and just things like that. So for you to, guys to be doing what you're doing and bringing that Christian worldview into it, when um, the mindset that Jesus is king over all and putting yeah. that out there, that's that's remarkable. Praise oh. God. Well, I think, you, I think, think about it this way, too. Like, um, even the secular person, or let's say the atheistic mind, quote-unquote, uh, they go to bed at night, right? Even when they're kids, mm -hmm. something will go bump in the night. Something will freak them out. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, they question everything they've ever thought about atheism. You know what I mean? Right, like right. They innate inside all of them when something goes bump in the night you you kind of need an answer <laughs> mm, yeah yeah um one of the things that i've i have found really beneficial from listening to you guys uh when you tying in the aliens to new ageism that that has been something because i'm not i'm not real familiar with um more familiar with new age, but I wouldn't by any means say that I was an expert or anything. It's just kind of what you uh, organically just kind of interacting with people. You know what I mean? I haven't studied it or anything. 
Um, I, I, I've always been able to argue with people if, if we got into a argument probably ain't the best word, but I'd always been able to talk to people who were more new agey and, and, and kind of give them the Christian worldview better, but I haven't studied that. But then when you tie that into, uh, uh, like Joe Rogan and the aliens and drug use and that kind of thing. It's just, it, it opens up. It, it's not just the, the hippie on the side of the road. It's, it, it's, it's this whole broad scope of our society. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's been interesting to kind of really kind of look at the whole alien discussion as a whole. And I think it's one of those times when people get, some people have gotten, it's almost like it's a polarizing topic for many. So people will say, when we talk about the different aspects of what's going on with UFO phenomena and how the government's been involved and the aspects of the paranormal, a lot of people just sort of have this idea that it doesn't really matter or like, why are you delving into this again? Um, but the reality is, is that I think it's a very, well, in many ways, on some level, we're always involved in promotion and trying to grow our audience. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're also committed to the truth. Like, we're not for sale in regards we're trying to pander anybody with the content that we do. But we, we see the alien discussion as, as very important just because it, a lot it's becoming a lot more just normalized and accepted that this phenomenon is real. Uh, Walter Martin himself talked about it. He was one of the only evangelicals who publicly lectured on the subject that I'm aware of during his time. And yeah, it's just, I think what's happening as, as there continues to be more UFO disclosures, especially that'll probably take place a lot more consistently within the Biden administration. Um, you're just going to see a lot more uh, information info be released. And as that happens, the UFO community is going to, grow even further it's going to reinforce their what their worldviews but the one thing that always comes hand in hand with and i've said this before in the podcast with uh you belief in ufos and and, U, and ufo sightings is alien contact there was a documentary that came out last year uh called the phenomenon hmm. and i would definitely recommend you can run it on amazon and in it they talk about a lot of these documented sightings and but towards the end, they start talking about alien contact. But the alien contact always comes about via some aspect of transcendental meditation or ultimately doing some sort of practice to cross over to the other side dimensionally that the Bible talks about, yeah. um, and, but not in a positive light. Like those things, those two things always go hand in hand, whether it's like I said, some sort of form of meditation, uh, some form of taking psychedelics. And that's really, this is an important discussion. Andrew, do you want to give any thoughts on that? Yeah, so what I was thinking is, specifically in our generation, or the younger generation coming up, we're seeing a massive, massive shift to um, spirituality movements, quote-unquote mm. spirituality, because we know the only true spirit that we could have from God is the Holy Spirit, but more counterfeit Holy Spirit movements, because we see people who have been growing up raised by you know, atheist parents, you know, and there's something missing there and they weren't pointed to the true and living God and now they're going over towards paganism. So we're seeing, you know, so much stuff going on in terms of the UFO situation. And another documentary that I would point people to is Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. If someone wants to understand the spiritual aspects of 
UFO phenomenon, there's a guy named Dr. Stephen Greer, and he has transcendental meditation techniques that he uses that people are using all over the world to see these phenomena manifest in front of them. There's video of it and things of that nature. But, but what we want to hit at and say very clearly is that though these things can be tapped into, it doesn't determine truth. Your experiences don't determine truth, right? God's Word determines what is true. That's and right. What the issue is with people... Right. So what the issue is with people nowadays is that they experience something that they see as otherworldly or Gnostic in a sense. They assume that it's now truth and that what they're doing is right and correct. But the truth of, of the, the truth of it is, is that it's dangerous, it's a lie, and it's going to get you further away from God and it's just going to cause confusion and a works-based salvation and a yoke of what? burden. In your life, it's it's not going to offer uh, salvation by any means. Well, uh, okay. So as a pastor, I just had a conversation with one of my guys um, last night. We're, we're we're talking about the scripture. We're, we were talking about where um, the seven sons of uh, Steve, Siva tried to uh, exercise a demon out of uh, the guy, and and mm-hmm. he winds up beating beating the pants off of him literally, and. <clears throat> they run away wounded and naked. And so uh, one of my guys asked me, he says, what would you say about someone who has, uh, you know, I'm laying in bed and I, f- I feel a, a dark presence hovering over me and, and, and pressing on me and I can't move. Mm. And, uh, and, and and the the I think the idea was because he was coming more from like a ghost type of thing, right? In his mind, it was right, a ghost. Right. And I told him, I said, there ain't no such thing as ghost, right? Matter of factly, that that's kind of how I speak some most of the time, just really matter of factly. <laughs> and um, and I explained to him it was some. It, I asked him, was he saved at the time? And, and it was no. And, and basically, I said, something demonic. I can't tell you exactly what was going on in that situation, but it was something demonic. And But he, you could kind of see that he he had for a long time believed it was a ghost. His experience told him it was a ghost. And, and you could kind of see him not wanting to accept something different than that because his experience had told him different. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes 110% sense, and it kind of causes a lot of confusion, because we know in the Bible it says, first comes death, and then comes the judgment, or being absent in the body is being present with the Lord, in a sense. And then all of a sudden, if you think that ghosts exist because of what you're experiencing, it almost will make yep. you question God's Word, in a sense of, well, what happens to me then after I die? Yep, Am yep. I just going to be floating around here in some uh, ethereal plane, you know? And there's some, and there is a, and there's a good chance what happened was somebody who was you know, a church leader um, told it, well, that may have been a ghost. I, I mean, there's a good chance of that. I can't swear I didn't ask him that much. But just right. knowing the theology around here, um, it, it, it sometimes mingles with the superstitious. And, and and I remember, well, here's an example. I remember growing up in church, and some of the some of the youth people would be talking, there's a ghost upstairs. You know, the uh, old old Mrs. So and So haunts the upstairs of the church, and 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 I think to a certain extent it was a joke, but at the same time they're trying to convince youth age people of ghosts. Mm. And 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 somebody like that probably told, and that sounds like a ghost to me. 
And and so now you've got your current your current church telling you there's no such thing as ghosts biblically. You know, to be to be uh, to be to, uh, you quoted it to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, you know, you've got verses like that. And, and but his whole life he grew up thinking this is a ghost, and so you wind up having these experiences that um, that that goes back to uh, you. I'm so bad with names. I apologize. Um, the girl that had the exorcism, Kristen Bellamy. Kristen Bellamy. You know, um, experiences versus the Word of God, and you see that. I mean, everywhere, everywhere. So. Um, before we get too far, I, I, I really did kind of want to uh, talk to y'all about about you, about you. So, Andrew, let me ask you this. How did you get into the 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 kind of studying and, and interested in, um, it, I don't want to say the word exploring the cults, but, but studying them for the uh, glory of God? Yeah, okay. Well, I, you know, growing up in Phoenix, Arizona, there's lots of LDS people, right? So, uh, getting to know some of them and then speaking and having conversations, but not necessarily being educated enough to have a good conversation with them would, would be number one. So the first book that I read on the Colts was a book by, uh, Anthony Heckema, or I, I can never say his last name, right, but it's called the four major Colts and it had, uh, I believe Jehovah's witnesses, uh, Christian science, uh, Mormonism. And there's another one. I can't remember what it was, but. That's what got me first interested is, you know, to have a good gospel conversation because I knew Mormons, Mormonism was a cult, right? Uh, but I didn't necessarily know how to explain that to somebody, especially to give a gospel presentation. So uh, what, what happened was is I started going to Apologia in around 2017 because the Lord took me from Arminianism and almost like a progressive form of Christianity that I was supporting at the time. And I started watching some videos because I was at work, and I was like, hey, I want to Google some uh, LDS versus Christian debates. I was looking for formal debates, but then some of Pastor Jeff's videos popped up online. And so I watched those, and I was like, hey, that looks like the LDS temple in Mesa. And I was like, oh, it is. And then I found out they had a church, and I was like, ah, talk to my wife. I'm like, we got to go here. This is like the real deal. And I was going to like a mega church at the time, you know? And so we made the decision to go, and... You know, got more interested in the cults just by doing more research, found out about the kingdom of the cults just from listening to Pastor Jeff talk. So then I got into a bunch of, you know, Uncle Wally videos online. You can watch so many on YouTube. You can learn so much. And then I met Jeremiah at church and uh, actually knew who he was by the sound of his voice. Because if you guys don't know this, you can actually go back into Apology Radio in the old school episodes. And you can hear a guy called Nostril Domus. He's really good at impersonations, and that is none other than Jerry doing uh, <laughs> impersonations and stuff. And uh, it, it's great. So I, he introduced himself to me as being the guy who handles the. Uh, it was so funny. The first thing he says to me, I'll, I'll never forget. He's like, "Yeah, I handle the uh, Apologia Studios Instagram," and I was like, "Are you Nostril Domus?" <laughs> he was kind of taken back a little bit. But um, that's hilarious. This time, I don't. Yeah, I've already been looking in the cults for myself, you know, because I want to go out and do evangelism and things like that. And then about a year later, I just ha- kept talking with Jerry, and then he tells me that Pastor Jeff wants him to do a podcast on the cults. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Cool, man. And we just start talking, and 
he had a conversation with some oneness Pentecostals. So I sent him some research that I had already done on the oneness Pentecostals and we kind of hit it off from there. And we have a common love and a bond for wanting people to come out of the cult and to know Jesus Christ. Uh, just like that Walter Martin, what he says, you're in a cult. I want you out of it and with Christ. We both have that common uh, love for those people. That's what we want for them. And it just kind of uh, went from there. Yeah. That's so awesome. cool, man. That's yeah, so cool. That, uh, yeah. And just if you want to just kind of just for a laugh, uh, the story behind Nostril Domus is that back when I was on Apology Radio, I think there was one time where I was just I showed up and apparently I hadn't trimmed my nose hairs, and so <laughs> I, apparently this entire episode you could hear the sun of whistling in the microphone. <laughs> and so, and so Luke, Luke the Bear, if you guys are follow Apology of stuff. Yes, sir. Luke the Bear, we've known each other for a long time. We're good friends. He messaged me and he's like, Hey, so I heard, like, you do, bro, you're totally like whistling with your nose in the microphone. I can't, like, are you serious? And I joke and he's like, Yeah, just call me. And I messaged him back. I guess you'll have to call me Nostril Domus from now on. And I, I just made it up off the fly. And Luke said he was like, was dying laughing, like, he almost drove off the road. So, they just took the ball and ran with it. Yeah. So, yeah, the bear, but, um, the ninja, yeah. the Nostradamus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. but seriously, it, it's been really cool to kind of see how the show's evolved. And the kind of told his his vantage point. Just in summary, I, I got into apologetics by way of James White. Um, back when I was fifteen, I was going to a high school that was ninety eight percent Mormon. Uh, that started really challenging me about what I believe versus what they believe. Mm. And so I just happened to get this book called Letters to a Mormon Elder uh, by James White. I was reading that and, you know, talk, talking with a lot of my friends who are Mormon. Um, that led me eventually to go to a presentation that James White did at a place. I think it was called Paul Croft Baptist Church over in Gilbert, Arizona. And this is back in the 90s when when James had had I actually had some hair, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and you know he he invited me and my sister, uh, you know, to go out with them to the temple. So we got to go to James White's house for about three straight weeks to learn all about Mormonism, and we just went wow. out there, started handing out tracts, and unbeknownst when we went out there, um, I ran into a seventeen-year-old Jeff Durbin. Oh and, wow! Okay. And, yeah, but we tag teamed just for one night, went our separate ways, and it wasn't until like four or five years later we got reacquainted when I was in college, and we found out later on that we actually we thought we met each other at a Starbucks um, several years later. It turns out it was actually at the temple. Um, so yeah, we kind of all met, so it is kind of cool to be full circle now doing this ministry. And like Andrew mentioned. Uh, we always wanted. We always were involved in ministry to the cult. If anyone goes and checks out Apology Studios, there was um, always these conversations that we would record while interacting with Mormons. And and there's like tons of videos out there. Tons of people have come to Christ um, because of those videos. But in many ways, it was just we were just putting on film what we were already doing. Yeah. But we never had a complete laser focus on the min- on ministry to the cult. So, in many ways, it was just, um, yeah, so Jeff just brought the idea to me, and it wasn't even, his idea wasn't even a podcast. He thought about me just sort of heading up a section of Apologia that's focused in on the cults. Hmm. And so I was thinking, like, what does that even look like? Um, 
and then I said, why don't we just do a podcast? Because that when an apology of Christian ministry start uh, ministry started, Jeff and Luke were the ones running that, and their sole focus was uh, apologetics and cult and counter cult ministry. And so, but as as apology grew, uh, you know, they started kind of delving out into other uh, important areas as well too, whether it's dealing with abortion or aspects of politics, um, and just a lot more of the social, political issues. And so, I mean, Apologia Radio is still touching on Mormonism, but it was just, it started being a broad spectrum. Yeah. And I just felt like, man, we, what if we had something that was just all it was, was laser the focusing on the cult? Would that even work? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, here we are into our third year, and it feels like there's just no shortage of content. Um, and it's also part of it, I think, is just indicative of where we are as a culture, because mm. in many ways, since the world is just becoming more secularized, and we're, we're not headed off the cliff, we're in free fall right now. And as we go into continued secularism, which is really the state religion, mm. there's this vacuum that is still there because we have a god-shaped hole and mm. you're going to see this continued influx of paganism really invading every aspect of society and it's infused within uh holistic if, you're into, if anyone of you or if you have wives who are into holistic health chances are there's something infused within there that's new age occultic or or pagan yeah. um same thing with uh just all the different variables in play. You see it inundated throughout entertainment, uh, like Marvel, with their, with their superhero, Doctor Strange. He's the one who heads up the astral realm, and he's doing things with cool special effects that, in many ways, are traditional Eastern occultic practices. And I'm not mm. the paranoid, we need to go and cancel Disney. I mean, if someone wants to do that, they can. But it's just an example that it's everywhere in our society and we're so right now with everything going on we need to have an answer to the world of the cults uh the occult and even cultural issues because in many ways if you look at things going on the heart behind cancel culture and we wish we did an episode on recently and even critical race theory a lot of those are almost religious cults if you look at them they have their own dogmas they have their own New, mm-hmm. They have their own code of ethics. They have their own uh, blasphemy laws um, that you are not allowed to violate. And so, yeah, we're just in a very unique niche. And, and you know, we're going to be going through some very interesting uh, and challenging growth this year, which you'll probably hear about in a couple of weeks. Uh, but, yeah, there's just been a lot of growth that we've experienced. And I think a lot of it has to do with that we're kind of in a very niche topic and it's growing and there's a hunger for real biblical truth. And the sect of the world can talk about those things, but they don't give ultimate a hope hope or an ultimate accounting of how to make sense of the world of the cult and the occult, because they don't have a biblical framework uh, with Christ as the head, who's the rule of all authority as a point of reference. So, yeah. And I, I think adding to what you're saying there, our secular society, as it becomes seen as the the governing system, you're you're going to have that natural rebellion um, 
uh, people people desire, at least here in America, it seems like people desire to be a part of a counterculture of some kind, to where almost counterculture is the culture. And and you you see where as the secular state has has firmly locked its position as okay, we're in charge, and a lot of people are seeing that uh, secularism doesn't answer a lot of questions. You're going to see a lot of the, you, like you were talking to Dr. Strange, and how that's pointed in a good light, right? I mean, all that stuff is, is hey, check this out. Isn't this wonderful? You know, oh, it's magic. And, and it's always pointed in a good light, it seems like. Very few times do you see something like that um, actually painted into the, 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 the harmful uh, thing that it is. But Christianity tends to, uh, on the other hand, always be painted as something harmful or negative or bad. You know, you always go back to that Baptist preacher and um, that, uh, what was it, Footloose or whatever? Mm. Yeah, no dancing, you know. And you always see that aspect um, of Christianity. And so as we are, as we, as the, as the, the, the new age and, and mysticism and all that starts to grow in our society, to have a, 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 a group of people who are able to um, disseminate information like you're doing to, to a more someone like myself who, who's not studied this stuff uh, uh, as much, but can take what you're saying and then, and then regurgitate it and, and, and help me think through so that I can then, when I'm preaching or when I'm confronting uh, a situation in the church, I can help someone else think through more biblically so that they can deny these things with with the gospel truth instead of uh just living in in the the culture that's permeating around them because like i said th this stuff is going to be uh increase and, and it's going to be painted in a positive light oh that's that's true man and, and it, it makes me think like what you're saying is society what they try to do is redefine who Jesus is and what Christianity is. But what we need to do, stick to the word of God, illuminate who Jesus is as the head of all rule and authority, right? So that mm -hmm. we cannot be fooled by philosophy and empty deceit according to the human traditions and according to the elemental spirits of the world, but not according to Christ. So we need to have that as our uh, forefront and focus. That's right. Um, our, our church... Uh... I don't want to call it a theme or a slogan, but you know, we put it on things <laughs> and, and, and it says, behold the King, behold the King, not a King, not, a, not even our King. We start off our King. And I, I thought about that. I said, no, 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 he's not just our King. He is sovereign King over everything and everyone. He is the King and he is the truth. We don't worship. We don't, you know, um, they're again preaching through Acts, and it says that they had an issue with the way, not not a way, the way. Talking about Christ, Christians because they followed the way, Christ, um, the truth. We are seekers of truth, not a truth, not some truth, but the truth. And there again, I think that's one reason the the UFO thing is so important. Is because there is so much mysteriousness to it. So many so many cover ups, so many lies, so many misdirections that um, when we are looking for the truth, we're glorifying God in that instead of just um, believing the lie because who's the father of the lie? Satan. And so we move forward in these things 
uh, uh, there again, our podcast is really to help people think more biblically, just kind of across the board. Um, but resources like cultish allow us to be able to dive in, like I said, especially with the new ageism and, and all the all the the branches of that, because it branches out into so many different things. Um, and 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 knowing that that's gonna that's gonna only get more popular in our culture as time goes on. Amen. Preach, preach. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and I think you mentioned before about um, one of the very, one of the things that's very important is that, um, and we touched on this because we did an episode on exorcism called "The Exorcism of Chris and Bellamy," and in many ways, when we think about the the unseen realm and when you think about demons and and entities and and principalities and powers mm. or, or anything in regards to uh, exorcisms or anything in regards to the nature that that's fringe many times our point of reference is either Hollywood and mm. what's been depicted in the films like the exorcist or or any or similar films or uh, just in different con artists like Bob Larson uh, so forth and so on but in many ways that is the reality, and I think a lot of pastors um, are, and just people in general are going to be seeing things like that, especially a lot more, as as for this time being. I mean, I, I'm an optimist. Uh, eschatologically, I'm post-mill, so I believe the Gospel's victorious in history. I believe we are going through a purge, a delve into darkness, and God's yeah. going to work things out for His, his purposes and His glory but in that process, you're seeing this is plunge into paganism. So if you guys are, are, are pastors or if you're involved in ministry or, or anybody who listens to this who's in ministry, whether an, a pastor, an elder, or a deacon, uh, more than likely you, there's a chance one of your, if you listen to our episode, you might have someone in your congregation or who's either seen someone in close proximity, uh, see something strange uh, or supernatural, and... There have you have we have to have biblical answers for that. I think we can't just brush that off and say the stuff is in your head or you're just making this up. And and this has just come too, uh, not just from that episode, but just conversing with lots of people who are uh, in the new age, uh, who co- who've come out of it and who have seen and experienced things that um, are real because they've crossed they they climbed over the fence that said no. No, that said no trespassing, yeah. i.e. Deuteronomy 18, there should not be any of you who practices mediumship, uh, so forth and so on. But yeah, it's just very important that we have a real biblical framework to give answers for those fringe topics. Um, and I don't think it's something that we can really ignore anymore as Christians, and we have to have answers for. So I, I think Amen. that's one of the reasons why when we dropped that episode, it was very it just really struck a chord with people, and it was one of the top-ranking episodes in iTunes um, just when we dropped the series. And not to brag, they look what we did. I mean, that's, sometimes we do, we have episodes that get a lot of downloads, other times they don't. But whenever we get something that's high ranks like that, it's not really to brag, you know, but it's really indicative of saying, okay, this is really where the marketplace of ideas is right now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it looks like a chord with a lot of people. So did you guys listen to that? Or what were you guys listening to that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We did. 
And, and that that was one of the um, the, um, Pastor Josh. Whenever he was talking about some of that stuff, I, I mean, there. I don't think it's to the extent as it is in his area, but there are there are people in places around here because we're very rural. We are a a country little podunk place on the east coast of North Carolina, right? And and there is still a lot of that holdover tradition superstition uh, around here. And so when when you know not so much the um, the Nordic religious stuff that I know of, but a lot of that um, talking the fire out of someone. Have y'all ever heard of that? No. Okay. So yeah, if you get like a sunburn or just burned really badly and it's it's annoying you, there's a particular verse in the Bible that someone would just repeat over you kind of silently and this thing gets passed down from generation to generation, female to male, male to female, it, it not you can't pass it down same sex or it breaks it however that works. But there's there's one for that, and there's another one for like if uh you're if, bleeding if you're bleeding really bad and the blood just doesn't seem to stop you can repeat a verse and it's using the Bible as a book of incantations. Yep, yep. You know, and that's just witchcraft. like the Seven Sons of Skeva. <laughs> and it's like, well, wow. if after you do that for a while, you know, the blood will eventually stop. Well, you know, it's also <laughs> proven that blood clots. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> It'll either stop or you'll die, one or the other. <laughs> What have you got to lose? <laughs> so we we do see uh, still a lot of that. It's not quite as prevalent as it once was. That generation that held on to yeah. it has kind of died off. But you still do see it here and there. And people just holding on to those traditions where we we say that we want to get people thinking more biblically. And it, over the conversation that we've been having, it's we have to take our experiences that we have. And we're bad about this in the church a lot of times. And instead of going to the world and what we saw in this latest secular documentary, oh, I had this experience, it lines up with this documentary, this must be what mm -hmm. I'm having, we have to line it up with what the Word of God says in context. Error time. And that's where we get our truth from. This is where we know what's right and what's wrong. And like you guys are saying, as people are starting to want to know what truth is, the prayer is that they'll be taking their experiences and lining them up with what truth says. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I think, like I said, just important. And that's why, while there are, there's areas of, of theological disagreement with Mike Heiser, um, I think he has done a lot of good that I really appreciate. And hopefully we'll have him sometime on this year just to be able to kind of approach the idea of a lot of the aspects of the fringe and the paranormal, but in a very level scholarly uh, way, because in many ways that that's been extraordinarily lacking, yeah. um, you know, completely brushing it off the side, almost where you become reverse. You almost sort of become reverse agnostics where you kind of only really believe of what you see in the physical realm. But the idea, even when you have a point of reference of what the Bible says of the unseen realm, there is this sort of skepticism that comes along with it, mm -hmm. or this tendency to just sort of not believe that in reality. But so, but it, it's just very, I think, like I said, it's just very important to have that. And I think that's one of the reasons why when we 
deal with those sort of topics, I think that's why there's usually the response that we get when we talk about those particular topics. Yeah, let me let me ask yeah. y'all a, a question and, and get your opinion and, and and expertise on the matter. Um, like I said, we just happen to be preaching through Acts 19 at this moment, and I I, I preached on um, where the seven sons of Sceva go in. They say, um, you know, they're, they're trying to exercise this demon out of this man, and they say, uh, the in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And uh, the demon says, we know, we know Jesus, we've heard of Paul, but who are you? And then proceeds to beat, beat them. Um, we're talking about that on Wednesday night. We, um, we tend to, we, we started uh, discussing the sermon further. We're trying, to, we're trying to stay more in the scripture in that sense, that same, instead of jumping everywhere. And so we're discussing it on Wednesday night. And one of my guys asked me, he says, why, why aren't why isn't this like it used to be right like why don't you see the demons and everything like you used to the the real you know children throwing themselves in the fire and and you know the man breaking the chains and everything and my answer was uh essentially we have a secular society secular society distracts you from god um it says there is no, you know, everything is has a physical reasoning. Everything has a physical answer. It distracts you from God. And in that case, the enemy doesn't want to draw your attention to the supernatural by, by doing the, all this supernatural things. As the culture works its way out of, like, like we're, we're talking that is more than likely to happen, the culture works its way out of that because it's going to be looking, because secularism doesn't answer all the spiritual questions that we have. And people start going to a more uh, new age spiritualist mindset. Um, my, I'm, I'm wondering and thinking that uh, you're going to see more demonic activity that that because you you've got a battle for um, you you've got a battle for the the spiritual realm at that point in the sense of uh, I, I'm, I hope I'm phrasing this right. But but you the the you've got it so that the demons will make a show because the people are looking for a show and if they can distract you away from God by putting on a big show right through magic and that kind of thing, um, kind of like the the priest at, um, in Egypt when Moses turned his uh, I mean Aaron turned the, the staff into a snake and then the the priest did the same thing. You, you'll start yeah. seeing that more. We'll, we'll start hearing more about demon possessions and that kind of thing as the sec as the demons are having to fight for jockey for position in the sense of distracting you away from God through magic and that kind of those kinds of resources. Yeah, that's good, man. What that you know, uh, being um, let's see here, being a post millennial, I'd say the spirit of the age is different now than it was during the apostles time, right? Like when in Acts chapter, I believe it's in Acts, Acts chapter two, when Peter quotes from Joel chapter two and your, your sons and daughters will prophesy, mm-hmm. right? I think there's a lot more demonic activity during that time. But once the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem happened in 70 AD and the baton between the old and new covenant was passed over. Uh, I think, I think the strong man being bound is a lot different now than it was 
then, right, through the through Christ and his kingship and all things being placed under his feet. So I, I agree in the sense that things are getting more uh, interesting in the world, right? But I don't want to overshadow the fact that people, we ourselves, without Christ, are evil, and yeah. we are we have the propensity to do evil things and even trick ourselves into delusion. So I would say that good point. I, I don't think demonic activity will get as bad as it was then, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into the book, the book of Revelation and stating, well, when Satan is released to deceive the nations, I'm not going to talk about that. But uh, in terms of what we're seeing now, I'd say we're seeing the fruits of an atheistic worldview, and we're trying to find demons, I guess, under every single rock mm, in nook yeah. and cranny where they're not necessarily at, but they are there. We still yeah. can't be ignorant of it. There's still experiences that are happening. But at the same time, what's going on now, it's more of like a snuffing out of the power that was once there. Yeah. You know, does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the examples that I used talking to him was um, abortion. And, and that, that's, that's demonic. Amen. Um, and, and, and for someone, and, and maybe I'm wrong about this, maybe there's, like you said, people are evil. They're, they're in rebellion against God. So, so you don't want to just throw everything... Oh, that's bad. It's demonic. And, and and I agree with you on that. But when I think of somebody sucking a child out of the womb with a vacuum cleaner or or literally burning that child to death through chemicals, there there's a demonic realm there. There there's and not necessarily the person who administrates those chemicals has a demon living in them. But over that that right. that whole field is a demonic entity. To, to be able to destroy a baby, you used to be able to lay the, the baby into a, a, a pair of hands that were heated up and the baby would burn up in that pair of hands. Now we burn them up with chemicals in the womb. It looks cleaner because we're hiding it instead of putting it out on public. But it's still demonic either way. Amen. Amen, and, dude. I think, I think you're 110% right. And so it, it's hidden because... Because back then it was, hey, we're we're making sacrifice to a god. Now it's um, it's the same. It's making it's still making a sacrifice. It's so that I can finish college. It's so that I don't have to do this. It's so that you know the the guy I got knocked up by is a deadbeat, or or I don't want my my daughter. I I, I don't want to be a granddaddy. My daughter isn't a whore. That type of thing. You know what I mean? And so we're sacrificing mm-hmm. something for for a for a quote unquote better life. Just like they did, you know, they yep. wanted more crops. We want to finish college. You're still making a sacrifice to something. It's just cleaner, and, and we've made it more uh, uh, secular in the sense of we've taken out the 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 praying to an idol, and now we're just doing it medically. But it's still demonic. It's yeah. still there, and 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 that's what I was telling him. And and I think, and this is this is the part where I was saying I'm not sure is. As we move forward and things, be- people become more spiritual and less secular. If we'll see it become more, more uh, look more like idol worship in the way that we used to think of idol worship. Not that it'll be as ah. prevalent. Not that it'll be you know that it'll flood the earth type of thing. Um, but that that you'll see more physical uh, manifestations of demonic things like like kind of in the old days does that make sense no you're right no no you're right you want to know why because what what did the um 
wasn't the, the Church of Satan, it was the Temple of Satan. What did they just announce, right? They said, uh, oh, you can, we're going to protect abortions because abortions are going to be protected under separation of church and state by saying it's a religious practice. Oh, you need to look oh, in the mirror wow. before your abortion, and you need to actually encamp these incantations. Mind you, this, this Temple of Satan, they're not religious by any means. They're just using a ploy. However, it still is showing the idolatry of child sacrifice. Exactly. You're, you're, 100, exactly. you're 110% right. And what does Romans one thirty say about people? We're slanderers, God-haters arrogant and boastful, we invent ways of doing evil, and we disobey our parents, right? There's a spirit within yeah. us, there's a spirit that we can be deceived by, and you're right, man, it's a sacrifice to Moloch, dude, and it is coming out. The Temple of Satan, man, they showed their cards, we did a big little post about it, and we were like, what the, wow, like, I, I didn't expect so much truth to come out all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, but yeah, really. I, you're right on the money, man, you're right on the money, you're right on the money. Yeah, and just one more thing I'll just chip in real quickly is that um, just in regards to where the culture is, um, one of the guys who's been on our show before, a uh, good Presbyterian brother over up in Nevada, uh, Colin Samuel, and we've done ta- we've done stuff just on the UFOs and and aliens, a lot of the fringe stuff. Uh, he just uh, sent me a, a a notification that there's a, a the latest podcast of the Joe Rogan Experience was a gentleman by the name of Robert Bigelow. And he is a former owner of Skinwalker Ranch. And if you don't know what that is, and just very, very, very cliff notes, is that it's Skinwalker Ranch is just a location that's had some of the has had the most amount of uh, paranormal sightings, uh, mm. or just paranormal encounters there. That are, that have there's something going on there, yeah. as far as some sort of demonic entities or presence that's just. It's around there. So the point being is that if, um, how do I say this? Is that this is just something that Joe Rogan is one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Yeah. And we've said before, he's a digital areopagus of modern thought. Yep. Yep. So one thing where it's not, he should be paranoid about this, but the reality is that a lot of people will listen into this podcast. And it'll invoke curiosity about what, what could mm-hmm. I do to invoke spirit contact, right? Mm, yep, and yep. so that's why it's important. Where okay, well now that Skinwalker Ranch is becoming an, uh, a topic, you know, we will see how can we put together an episode, kind of kind of right now, like countering it and kind of ride that wave of thought to give an alternative point of view or or give the official story um, yeah. about what's of what's biblically, how do we make sense of something like Skinwalker Ranch? So, again, that's just an example of just right now in the culture of where things are at, and that's why it's good to have a podcast with the ones that we do. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. uh, the last, I think it was the last time Alex Jones was on Joe Rogan, and he was talking about aliens, and he and he was talking about not outer space aliens, but extra di- uh, ter- uh, uh, dimensional aliens and... And they were talking about if you did, uh, well, what's the name of that drug? D, not DDT. Oh, DMT. DMT, yeah, DMT. If you did that, and and people having uh, mass hallucinations under the DMT and that kind of thing, I was listening listening to that, and I thought, man, it, they they're skimming the truth, right? They're skimming the truth. Mm-hmm. There's just enough truth there. Um, but what they don't understand is what they're talking about and looking at are are demonic. And I think even Alec Jones yep. may have understood that to a certain extent, but not not in the way that a, a Christian would understand it, I don't think. Yeah. 
you're right, man. You're right. Yeah, I think with um, uh, the the Joe Rogan is, if I ain't mistaken, he is the biggest podcast out there, and and he influences a ton of people, and 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 w- there has to be an adequate biblical argument for all of it, and, and it's just a matter of of putting our heads down and, and, and actually doing the work, diving into the scripture and pulling that out so that when someone, like you said, somebody in our congregation, even, even if, even if they're not, uh, you know, likely to go look up, you know, witchcraft things, they might listen to Joe Rogan. And once, Mm. once he talks about that kind of thing, once, once they get into those type of topics, you know, it's easy on the internet to just go down that rabbit hole, man. And then next thing you know, they're they're coming to us talking about some. Uh, what about what you know what what about this? And you know, sometimes it can catch us off guard. But the 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 better thing is just try not to be caught off guard. That's right. Yep. We need we need yeah, to pour man. scripture in our heart, man. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. So yeah, we appreciate yeah we appreciate uh, you guys having us on, and I've seen you guys just to do a podcast after podcast, and I think Darren challenged you guys. I think you guys did a thirty day challenge. Did yeah, like thirty podcasts over thirty days. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we you did. Know, that. Did, didn't you? Man, I can't tell you how much. Whenever we left Fight Laugh Feast, we were just motivated after that. That was that was really good. And, uh, you know, Darren did his uh, 30-day challenge for filmmakers to get up and uh, film a sunrise every morning. He said, at the end of 30 days of doing that, you'll be a better filmmaker. We said... You'll see if you still want to be a filmmaker as well. That too, that too, absolutely. And we said... (laughs) um, To be sure, that would uh, transfer to the world of podcasting too. Why not? Let's go at it. it. And there were a lot of days we're just sitting in the truck, like in the work truck, and we're like, "All right, let's let's jump on it. Let's let's get this out. I'm tired. Let's do this." And um, but it was good. It was good for us. Well, let me ask y'all, uh, awesome. Jerry. Let me ask you one more question, Jerry, and, and we'll we'll shut this thing out, man. How what was it like reading a book from someone like James White? No, 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 no. Was it Andrew or Jerry? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting mixed up. Andrew or Jerry? That said no, it, it was Jerry. Jerry okay. it, was, it was Jerry. Jerry. Jerry, what was it like um, reading a book from James White, looking at this resource, and then years later having that guy as one of your elders? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool just in the sense to where um, – it was just, it was so helpful because the book was written and I'm surprised there have been more books written like this where it was written out, it was properly, but it was written through the format of fictional letters written to a Mormon missionary. Mm-hmm. So it's almost, this isn't just how to talk to Mormons, but it was almost a simulation of talking to Mormons. So it was so incredibly helpful and really shaped my thinking as a Christian, especially if you ever get the book, the very first chapter called What is Truth, uh, if I'm not mistaken. It was very helpful. And, and you know, and I, I think like the biggest thing, which has been motivating for me, and, I, and a lot of people only know James through the dividing line or just his internet personality. Yeah. Um, lot, I don't think a lot of people really see the real, the regular real life James. 
Yeah. I think very much it's different. And you know, I've seen the personal side of him. And what I, I think like the biggest thing that I always, I'm always grateful for is that, you know, I came up to his booth 15 years old when I was 15, not when he was 15, when I was 15 years old. <laughs> and the fact that he just, you know, you're busy, you know, he's a busy guy and I didn't really know him except that he was the author of that book. Yeah. And the biggest thing, you know, he gave, he not only gave me the time in, of day, but he invited me into his home, you know, for three weeks to teach me and my sister all about Mormonism and how to witness to them. That's awesome. And so in many ways now, I mean, it's just, it's cool and, and, and providential that he's now, you know, my elder. So I, I know I kind of view him differently than maybe other people do who only kind of know James through the internet or his Twitter or something mm. like that. But I, I think one of the biggest factors now, which is really cool, is that there's a lot of people who love the podcast, who listen to it, who are now or have gotten into it or apologetics because of the podcast who are roughly the same age that I was, yeah. around 15, 16 years old. And that was, I think, a couple of weeks ago for uh, Logos Online School. Um, I got to do two different online classes slash interactions with kids who had different questions. And a lot of them were just asking, hey, my friend's getting into Wicca. Like, how do I give them, how do I give an answer on this? Yeah. Like, what do you think about psychedelics? Or, or just what, how do we talk to more, what, when a, when a Mormon brings this up, what's the Bible verse you go to? And these are kids who are 14, 15, 16 years old, which is roughly the same age, uh, that I was when I first got into the stuff. So the ability to kind of be in a position where I can kind of do to others what Jane wants and give others the time of day yeah. uh, has been really motivating to me. And like I said, I mean, the cool thing is, is that, you know, we're going through some major changes with Colchis that we'll be announcing with a couple with a over the, we'll probably announcing it soon, but okay. in the process of the changes we're going through, like there's this opportunity, there's this motivation to where it's like, I never, I'm, I see myself kind of as the the offensive coordinator. I don't see myself. I never want to see myself as any sort of rock star or micro celeb. But I, I see this as a really. I think even the influence that James White had on me. It's where I want to bring anyone anyone and get onto the show. Allow, I, I brought other people at our, at our church and even. There's other people I'm going to be bringing in as well too, just to kind of give them a platform to be to be part of it. Yeah. Because that way I can kind of do you know to others what James White did to me back when I was just a 15 year old whippersnapper. So <laughs> that's like that's what I got to say on that. Well, that's cool, man. I, I appreciate y'all coming up here, and we're not going to burn up any more of your time. Um, you got anything else, right, quick? Um, do you guys have anything that you want to shout out or plug or anything like that before we shut it down? Um, Maybe tell the listeners where they can find you. Merch, yeah, we, uh, if you want to get our podcast, go to thecultishshow.com or just look up Cultish on your favorite podcast catcher. And we also have a lot of content on YouTube. Uh, if you want to get any of our merch, go to shopcultish.com. And, yeah, yeah, and, uh, we appreciate you guys uh, having us on. All right, boss. Well, look, if uh, if you ever just want to have a good time and holler at us, you, you know who to call. Absolutely, man. You guys are crushing it. Good job. Keep it up. All right. That was Jerry and Andrew from the Cultish Podcast. Um, man, we I've I've really enjoyed uh, listening to their podcast. So to get to talk to them has kind of been surreal. 
Uh, uh, There's some good content right there. Did get to see him at uh, the Fight Laugh Feast Network, Jerry. And yeah. that was that was uh, fun. We didn't really get to talk long, but that was nice. Um, and that, yeah, that that was that was good. So, uh, guys, we're gonna go ahead and shut this out while we're ahead. And where can they find us? They can find us at www.bigfootrevival.com. And while you're there, go ahead and check out all of our past episodes. You can find our episode with Darren Doan live from the Fight Laugh Feast Conference. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting at the same table with Jeremiah Roberts from the Cultist Show. That's so right. That's where we that's where we met up. So you can find all of our stuff archived there. You can find all of our blogs archived there. There's some really good ones, as well as links to all of our social medias, including Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, etc., etc., etc. There's also a link to our email where people can holler at us, uh, critique us. Talk junk to us. Tell us we're doing a good job. Whatever they want to. If you want to get up with us, hit us up. That's BigfootRevival at gmail.com. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Hey, Eddie, guess what? what? Yo. We out. Deuces.